We are starting a new series today called The Parables of Jesus. And throughout history, humanity has learned and grown primarily through stories. And Jesus, he was a master teacher. He was a master storyteller. And his stories and his parables showed the great wisdom and artistry that he has held there since the creation of all things. And the artistry in his words is proof that he is the master creator of all things. And when he tells these parables, they are stories, but they're not stories the way that you think. They're metaphors and they're word pictures. And these parables, they are not tools to help you understand a great truth. They, in and of themselves, are archetypal truths upon which all other truths are building. So what was Jesus' purpose in these parables? I mean, it's an important question. And when you ask the question, Jesus tells you, and, and it's a really weird thing that he says. He says, I speak in parables so that those who have ears to hear and eyes to see might understand and be saved. And if that is the case, if that's why he's speaking in these parables, then that means we better be humble as we come and listen to his words, and we better be in prayer that he will help us understand what he is saying. We're at his mercy in it. So we pray, God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see these beautiful stories that you're telling. And we're going to be today in Luke chapter 6. Now, there's, there's a parable that Matthew tells and a parable that Luke tells, both the same parable, but Matthew focuses on the storm. And, and Luke focuses in on the flood and the foundation. And we're going to read from Luke, but we're going to interact with both. So in Luke, at the end of the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus says these words to everyone that's listening to him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke out against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately fell, and ruin of the house was great. Now, okay, I'm super excited about this parable, and I want to start off the first point and tell you that this is a foundational Christian claim here in this parable. What Jesus does is masterful. And, and if you hear it the way it's meant to be heard, you're going to be like a, a little puppy sitting underneath a king's banquet table, and the king is going to be giving you all of this grand food. You can just sit right up there by his lap and just beg, and he's just going to be giving you all the goods. So give me five minutes, and i got to give you this beautiful golden backdrop. 
though Assyria. It is a nation that is surrounding Israel. And they have just begun their conquest to take over the world around them. Now, if you remember last week and in, the, in, our, in our series in Jonah, God sent Jonah to go to Nineveh, which is in Assyria. And the job that Jonah had was to tell these Ninevites about God. Now, he is a runaway prophet. He wants nothing to do with this job. And he goes and he gives a horrible sermon because he really hopes that they don't make any changes. And they make some small changes, but they never enter into a complete relationship with God. And because of that, years later, they go back to their old ways. So fast forward years later, the Assyrians start the conquest. And they're going around at war with the surrounding nations. And they're getting close to Israel. So Israel decides they're going to make this agreement with Egypt. And their hope is that Egypt will come to their aid when Assyria raves. And then a prophet named Isaiah, he comes on the scene and he says, this is a covenant of death. They will not come to our aid. And then he gives a parable explaining what is going to happen. And Isaiah says in this parable, very similar to what Jesus says. Jesus is doing it on purpose, by the way. Isaiah says, this covenant of death, it's a house that's been built on lies. And there's a storm that's coming. And it's going to knock down this house. But then he says, but in the future, there will be a foundation stone. This is Isaiah, the prophet, speaking. And he says, if you build your life on that foundation stone that is to come, you will never crumble. So now all of God's people are looking for this foundation stone that is to come. 600 years later, the Qumran community, the people who gave us the Dead Sea Scrolls, they made this idea up. I don't know where it came from, but they, they thought that there will be 15 men. Three of them will be priests. And they will be the foundation stone where they come in and they teach what righteousness and justice is. And that will be the foundation stone upon which we ought to build our life. Well, there's another group of God's people. And, and they say, no, it's, it's going to be the, the foundation stone is going to be within God's temple. It's going to be in the holy of holies where God is most present. And there, this, there's this foundation stone that's lifted up. And all of, all of those people felt like this foundation stone... This stone is so special. It's from which all of creation was formed out of this stone. Like, so if you're like, I don't really understand what's happening here. This is like Indiana Jones type stuff. This is like the elixir of life. This is a gem that if you find it, it's, it's got life in it. The very essence of what life is. And so all of God's people are looking for this. All of the world is looking for this stone that is to come. And then Jesus he finishes his great teaching, and he says, let me tell you one more thing. That stone that all the world has been looking for, the stone that is like the elixir of life, the gem of which the essence of life is in, he says, that's me. And if you don't hear my words and do them, you're going to crumble, just like what happened when the Assyrians invaded us. It's a bold claim. 
What Jesus is saying is build your life on him, build your future on him, build your family on him, build your joy and your happiness and your peace and your contentment on him. Absolutely, 100%, all things must be built on him and him alone. The foundational Christian claim. And if you build your life on anything other than him, the world will crumble at your feet and you will be swallowed up by the earth. That's how he starts the parable. And then, if someone builds their life on this sinking sand, I want you to know something. They could totally not realize it. Because there could be someone who builds their life on this foundation and someone who builds their life on sinking sand, and both of those houses could look exactly the same. This is our second point, the similarities of these two houses. So building a house in ancient time, it was quite the task. It was a beast to tackle. So usually what they did is they built the houses in the summer to avoid the winter rains in that region. And, but this created a problem because, because it was so dry, the dirt or the clay got so hard that it was often referred to as being as hard as bronze. And so if you're going to dig down to the foundation stone, this is not a job for those who are faint of heart. It requires blood, sweat, and tears. When I graduated high school, the, over the summer, I worked a job pouring concrete, construction. And so I showed up not knowing anything about what I was doing, showed up for the first day. You know, I want to be like a man because I'm working with these guys that had just gotten out of prison. I'm like, all right, I'm going to show them what I can do. So I show up and I get my shovel because well, that's what you do your first day on the job. You dig. And so I begin digging. I didn't have any gloves. So about the time... It came for lunch. The palms of my hands were literally bleeding. So then I sit down for lunch, and everybody's laughing at me, and somebody throws me a pair of gloves. I'm like, oh, this is a good idea. So I put my gloves on, and it's very painful, and then I begin to dig again, and everything that just, the bleeding that had stopped started right back up again. In other words, digging is really hard work. It requires a bit of devotion. There is an easy way to build a house in a hard way. In the easy way, it, it does not require you to build a foundation. You could just dig without dig. You could just not dig, and you could build a house. In fact, you could make the house that doesn't have a strong foundation look a bit better than the house with the foundation. In fact, if you spend less time working on that foundation, that means you have more resources and more time and more money to devote to everything that's up upon the surface. In both of these houses, they could look the same, or maybe the house that doesn't have a foundation could look a bit better. But both roofs, roofs could be arched beautifully. Both roofs or both houses could be on the beach. Both could have stained glass windows. Both could reach up to the heavens. Both could have crown molding on the inside star stairs that reach all the way up to the attic. And right up there in the attic, there's a really sweet man cave. And then this house could be in a great neighborhood. And the lawn could look amazing. And the neighbors could be awesome. And there could be a giant oak that shades both houses. But one of those houses will crumble. And the house in this parable, it represents your life. It represents what you love, who you love, what you value. 
all the stuff that you have, your job, your passions, your talents, your money, your savings, your investment, your life, it's your house. So the, the question, why wouldn't someone just build a nice solid foundation? And the reason is because the foundation is costly. It requires much of you. And you could just ignore it and build a nicer house on the top. Maybe take a little bit of a chance, maybe a little bit of a risk. And you know what, where that's coming from is there's a standard that you're supposed to live by. That the world has told you this is what your life should look like on the surface. And in order to keep up with that life, well, it's about outward appearances. This is also known as keeping up with the Joneses. In fact, if you ignore this foundation and seek to keep up with the Joneses, well, you're going to get a little bit more ahead than you would have been if you had not just bothered with the focused on the foundation. So practically speaking, this means when you spend time with the foundation, you're spending time with Christ. He's the foundation stone. And I'm going to tell you something about Christ. He gets in the way of your productivity and your success. He makes growth slow. And if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, Reading your Bible looks like a big, huge waste of time. Praying. Well, that's not helping you with that new backsplash. Coming to church on Sunday morning, this is, it's not helping you get your man cave. Going to a discipleship group, it's, it's not going to help you make your lawn look any better. And, and if you're going to live generously. Well, man, that really gets in the way of this house and this life that you're building. God says give 10% back to his kingdom. That's going to get in the way of this house you're building. It's going to get a lot in the way. Following the ways of Christ, hearing and doing his words will get completely in the way if you are trying to keep up with the world around you. In fact, Christ, the foundation stone, he's a real buzzkill. <laughs> and our culture in America is all about success. You know, your value and your worth, they're measured in a lot of ways by what you do. You meet somebody. You know this happens. You meet someone and someone says to them, someone says to you, whatever, hey, what do you do? What do you do? And you're like, oh, I hear the words of Christ and I do them. And they're like, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, what do you do? And, you know, when they ask, what do you do? What they're trying to figure out is where do you stand in society? What is your value? What is your worth here? How are you measuring up to that? And so before when I was saying all this, you're like, no, I don't keep up with the Joneses. And as soon as you imagine yourself hearing this question from somebody, you immediately see how easy to the, the temptation would be to fall into all of this and say, I got to sacrifice the foundation so that I can have some value and worth in the way the world measures value and worth. 
The tragedy is if you try to keep up with these Joneses, you will have no time for Christ. And when the flood comes, and it will come, you will be leveled to the ground. So let's look at the difference in these two houses. Third point. And this is this focus here. So second point was all about the, the surface. This is about the foundation. One of these houses is built fast and one is built slow. The Christian life is slow growth. It doesn't, Christian life, it doesn't look like an assembly line that's been brought, up, brought on by the industrial revolution where everything is made as quickly as possible and as many things is produced in the shortest amount of time as possible. Christian growth, it's not about big entertaining shows that attract you in by the glitter like a fish coming to something that shines. That's surface stuff. It's trickery. That's making something a thousand miles wide and two inches deep. Christian growth is less shiny. And it's a long walk of obedience in the same direction. There's a violin maker named Stradivarius. It's said that he's made the best violins that have ever been made. And when he made a violin, when he was teaching his pupils how to make these violins, he'd take a piece of wood and he'd feel it. He'd, and he'd get a feel of what, what a good piece of wood would feel like. And then he'd say, look, he'd give it to his pupil and they would do the same thing. They'd just hold it. If it was a bad piece, the same thing. It, it's not about a bunch of directions to follow that every single person follows exactly the same. It's not about a recipe. It's individualized. Recently, we started doing something new at the Grove. A path, an individualized path, path for life transformation. And so for any of you that aren't in a discipleship group yet, I mean, it's open to you right now to do this. And basically what you'd meet with me or someone on the team, and we would look at a word called shalom. It's a Hebrew word, and it means flourishing, but it means flourishing spiritually. But it's not just spiritual. It's emotional. It's social. It's cultural, and it's physical flourishing. Shalom. So what every single person needs is something individualized for them of a path that they're going to follow that's going to help them grow in this Christian life. And so the biggest difference in these two houses is the quality of time that is spent with the foundation. It's the unseen stuff. The Christian life is about the deep digging of Scripture, of the Word, of prayer, of repentance. This thing in you that wants to walk one direction, like the way the world is calling you, and this repentance is this turning away and turning back towards Christ, the foundation. So when you read the Bible and you're reading it as you ought, you ought to at some point come to this, this elixir of life. The one, the one and only foundation and be in awe of him to the point to where you're worshiping. And if you're not there, you're reading Scripture wrong because the Bible is not a manual or a blueprint for life. It's the very source of life. 
If you're not reading it that way, you're not going to get to the foundation. Prayer, if you're not in prayer and just in awe of God, you, well, you're not getting to the foundation. The difference between these two houses is that the one who has Christ is the foundation. That one, has, that person has done a lot of work that looks unproductive to Mr. Jones. The foundation type work, it's hard to measure because it can't really be seen by the world. It's immaterial, but it absolutely affects everything in your life. And so you've got to make a choice because the storms will come. If you want a strong foundation, it means less focus and attention on the outward appearance. Without a foundation, you can spend a lot more time reaching up higher into the heavens. Here's the problem. The one who reaches for the heavens without the foundation is very flimsy and will easily be tipped over. You know the stories of someone says, I'm a Christian. And they're reaching up high for the heavens. But then the storm comes and they're just so easily tipped over. They never built their life on the foundation of Christ. It was upon something else. To know the foundation, those best who have dug deep are best able to reach the heights of heaven, its joys and its pleasures. There are new, no truly great houses that lack depth. So, you don't have joy? It's a foundation problem. You don't have peace? Foundation problem. You don't have con contentment? It's a foundation problem. If you can't stare death in the face, it's a foundation problem. What do you do? You dig deep. And you keep digging. And you don't stop. And let me tell you something else about... Mr. and Mrs. Jones and this Jones family, you know, you're, you're climbing the ladder and you're keeping up with those Joneses. And then you get to the top and you're feeling good. And then you meet someone who's graduated to level like seven of Jones status. And now you're like, oh no, I'm level six. There's a seven oh man. Now you got a whole other level to go. And guess what? You get up to seven Guess what after that is? Eight. It just keeps going. And that's a really slippery life. Very slippery. The, the collapse of that apartment building down south. I don't remember how long ago it was. That was a result of not caring about things that were unseen. The landlord fixes that building, makes no extra money from that. The landlord cannot make this building look any nicer. All he or she can do is fix the unseen things. So he didn't. Don't ignore the most important unseen parts of your life. Because if you do, you will be in trouble when those floods come. This is our fourth point, the floods and the storms. So, question, what are the floods? What are the storms? 
The floods and the storms are anything in your life that can tip you over. This, the storms and the floods are tests. What are you made of? Trials, suffering, difficulties, success that goes to your head, failure that goes to your heart. These are all the things that are testing you. Let's say for the sake of just making something understandable, combining the two parables of Matthew and Luke, the storms are trials sent by God from above. The rain is coming down. The flood is temptation that's coming from below. And then the wind is the ups and downs of life. So let's take these trials from above. So God sends some trials your way. He's doing it to test you. He's sending the storm your way. Now, he's completely in control of the storm that's coming into your life. But he's doing it on purpose because he's exposing something. You don't have a foundation. Or you've walked away from it. And so the storm is a wake-up call like, oh, hey, I need to be building my life a little different here. And let me tell you what you don't want to have happen. You don't want to wake up one day and realize you have built a beautiful mansion of your life. And you've ignored the foundation. Because what you're going to have to do, and it's going to be so painful, you're going to have to take a hammer to that life that you built. And you're going to have to take that house down so you can get down to the foundation which means that everything that you could be doing today is a complete waste of time because you have not built yourself properly on the foundation. So before you get to building anything else today or tomorrow, stop what you're doing and tear everything down until you have reached the foundation stone. Otherwise, everything you build will one day be tipped over. All right, then we have the floods of temptation from below. Do you give way when temptation comes? I'm not saying you will never sin again. But something happens to you when you have Christ as your foundation. You begin looking at your sin different. You start having what the Bible calls a broken and contrite heart. Which means your sin pains you. You don't take joy in it anymore. Like before, maybe you did, but not anymore. It's, it's a really strange thing to fall in the arms of grace. Because when you do, you have all at once this feeling of forgiveness and acceptance and love and compassion that's been poured down from the Father upon you, and it's not going anywhere. And you are just basking in the glory of this new thing that you have. Yet at the same time, your sin makes you shiver. Uh, like a little bit of vomit in your mouth when you sin, you look back at what you've done. You say, oh, no, what did I do? And it pains you. It disturbs you a bit. And that's what happens when you build your life on the foundation of Christ. And then the wind, these ups and downs and comings and goings of life. Are you an anxious person? Are you a worrywart? Well, think about this. If you had a strong foundation, 
You don't have to worry about your future. You don't have to worry about the unknown because no matter what storm comes at you, the foundation stone holds. So you hold. Dig down deeper and don't stop till you get to Christ because he will always calm you in the storm. What is it about him? What is it about him that we should build the, our life upon him as the foundation? And the answer to that is he holds the might of heaven in his hands. He holds all glory, beauty, and worth. There's not one thing that happens that he does not know about. He is powerful beyond measure. And he comes down to us and he digs down in his, into his death on the cross. He digs down into hell. He digs down into guilt. He digs down into shame. He digs down into the curse. He digs down into destruction of everything. He's all the way down there at the bottom in the ashes. And there he sets up. So he might be your foundation. And if that is true, it means death is nothing to fear. But it also means life should be lived well. Because the foundation is strong and you can stand. Perhaps many of you, you feel like you're buried. Buried underneath something. But what really is happening if you are in Christ is you are being planted on the foundation stone. And resurrection is happening tomorrow. It's growth. It's getting there to the bottom so you might be planted and then rise up and live. Don't fear the flood and the storm. The foundation stone is stronger. Father, I pray that we would be people who build our life on the foundation stone of you, Christ. In our fears and in our worries of the future and the unknown, help us just to stop pacing around, endlessly frantic, trying to do things, and let us just dig down to you and find some rest. And God, for those of us who are just going crazy, building up this house without focused on the stone, God, I pray you would make us bold enough to tear down what we built so we might dig down to the depths. God, help us build a life on you. And let it be a life that's not wasted, but brings your kingdom and your glory. God, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. Like us on your favorite podcast provider. Follow our social media at Grove Church PSL. And check out our website, thegrovechurch.co.